the Apex Delta Coaching Podcast. My name is Kieran and today I wanted to talk about why athletes need strength training in their athletic performance programming. So this can be another short episode in the sort of the ongoing mini-series of uh, short episodes surrounding strength and conditioning topics, sports science and application to different sports and disciplines. So with that, let's get into today's show. On this topic of strength training and specifically why athletes need strength training so when we're talking about athletes in this context we're talking about any athletes that are performing in a sport that is outside of the strength sports so whereby strength training is a supplement to their 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 performance in their sort of respective sport rather than it being the sport itself so i think this is the distinction that's important to make because i think where we can kind of sometimes see a little bit of a disconnect is athletes have a huge amount of emphasis placed or, or coaches snc coaches specifically have a huge amount of emphasis being placed on the weight training and the gym training when you have athletes who they're not athletes within the gym setting they're athletes on a on a playing field on a court or whatever that might be outside of that strength so the strength training really there is as a supplemental element to their actual sport training um, and this is sometimes where a little bit of a disconnect is seen. So when we talk about strength training or resistance training in this context, what I'm referring to is any resistance-based exercise that sits outside of sports practice or extra kind of conditioning training. So it's essentially anything within a weight room context, let's call it for that for the sake of this argument. Um, so anything that sits outside of traditional sport practice or anything that sits outside of that. So we're thinking field sport athletes, so rugby, football, field hockey, cricket, um, and then court-based stuff, so tennis, any of the other court-based um, sports as well. So anything really where the weight room is not the sport itself. And what I mean by that being things like Olympic weightlifting, so strength sports, Olympic weightlifting, strongman, powerlifting, um, sports like that, whereby the training is the same. CrossFit is another good example, where doing weightlifting, essentially, or variations thereof involved in some aspect of the sport as well and we're talking about sports that don't include that so really there's two main benefits i wanted to discuss today um we're not going to go into too much crazy detail on them but it would be good just to kind of look at these two different um benefits that i feel come from strength training for general athletes who aren't sport um strength related athletes um and then a final kind of point as well around some sort of rehab and injury prevention type points so our first uh, kind of benefit I want to talk about is an ability to produce force. What I mean by this is concentric actions. So this just means whereby muscles are length or shortening, sorry. So we're producing force. We're producing some kind of action. Generally, in we look at this in like a, as a positive sense. So we're producing force to go in a direction or linearly so yeah in that direction or sort of to the side and it might even be kind of sort of like a single limb like in tennis for example a concentric action would be to hit a forehand so we're swinging our arm forward we're producing force in a kind of a positive forward going sense um to produce whatever action it might be in terms of that sport so some examples of things that fall into this kind of concentric action like acceleration is one so either linearly so in a straight line or kind of change direction so multi-directional um, acceleration so sprinting abilities to jump sprint and throw all rely on our ability to produce force um, and that's a concentric action i.e muscles are shortening and we are producing a positive action 
where strength training comes into this um, is our ability to produce force in as a maximal concept so maximal strength like the most amount of force we can possibly produce but also in a context of doing that with speed and when we combine those two we have power and power is really what we're looking for in most sporting contexts the most powerful athlete generally is seen as the better athlete so long as they can then apply that power appropriately to whatever sport sporting context they need be that sprinting jumping throwing um, hitting something um, whatever context that context that might be that's where we're looking really at an ability to produce force so as much force as you possibly can in a really short space of time so produce force quickly which is power so when we think about strength training the aim really in strength training is to either be increasing our ability to produce maximal force or increase our ability to produce force quickly and when we think about those two concepts, like we have kind of then some general exercises or some general kind of ideas of training that we can put into those. So maximal strength training, so really heavy, kind of like 85% and above of a one rep max. That's where we're looking at really kind of maximal strength gains and our ability to produce maximal force. Then we maybe get slower further down that kind of spectrum, the, the strength speed continuum, if you like. So this continuum from maximal strength to maximal speed and everything that lies in between that. We have ideas of something called strength speed and speed strength. So these are two areas that then this is where we're looking to generate power. So strength speed is heavier movements that we're doing fast. So the Olympic lifts, uh, heavy loaded jumps. Um, fit well in this area and then we have kind of the speed strength so these are kind of some of the, the lighter um, movements that are still loaded but we're looking to move quickly so things like med ball throws or lighter variations of jumps potentially um, resisted sprints might be in this place potentially uh, and elements like that as well and so these all feed into the idea of producing force quickly so power and what we do when we train, train is we are aiming either to increase that from the top, so maximal strength, or increase that from the bottom, if you like, in terms of maximal speed. And then we work across that continuum as well. So all these different elements can be trained through strength training, resistance training, in order to then have the correspondence from that context into a sport. There are probably not many exercises bar doing the sport itself that have a complete 100% like um, transfer one to the other. But our aim when we do strength training is not necessarily to mimic the sport completely. It's in, in essence, we're trying to look at similar joint angles, similar ways of moving, potentially similar like biomechanical elements within a movement that we might be doing in a strength context into a sport. But we're really we're looking at um, fitness qualities or strength qualities. So we're looking at those maximal strength, that power, speed, ability to apply force quickly. And that's what we're looking to train. And then we have the kind of more general transfer that then feeds from that into our sporting context. So our second benefit that I see is then we take that idea to ability to produce force and then we kind of flip it. So it's the ability to resist force or control force. And this is then typically associated with the opposite, so eccentric muscle actions. So this is our ability to then lengthen a movement. Keep it really simple, like deceleration, for example. When we're slowing down, this is kind of what we're aiming to do. We're kind of training, aiming to control movements rather than create force, if you like. So we're controlling force, we're resisting force, not controlling it. Or when you catch something, for example, you are resisting force rather than creating it or being tackled 
So rugby, for a good example, when a player, another player runs into you, you're not necessarily creating too much force. I mean, in a sense, you are, but a large part of what you're doing is eccentrically controlling that impact. You're controlling that contact um, in order that you can then move past, beat a defender, whatever that is. Typically, we see an action, an eccentric action, so a controlling-based movement, then straight away into a producing movement. So we go from controlling to producing, and that quick transfer between those is largely dictated by ability to control and resist forces. So if we're unable to effectively control external or internal forces within our body, we can then really struggle to then produce force effectively after that. So, for example, if you have a contact in rugby, if someone runs into you, if you can't control that impact, it's very hard then to move on from that point and effectively produce force to beat that defender or wherever that might be. Where this becomes really obvious in kind of ideas of like agility or change direction. So say we're going to step round the defender. If we go to step round that, so we put our leg out to reduce, to produce that force or resist that, um, produce force essentially to slow us down. If we can't control the forces that are involved in that action, we can't then hope to redirect those forces in order to produce, produce an action and, and effectively and powerfully move on from that point. Equally, Another element of this is, is kind of resisting internal and external forces. So it's the ability to control our body in space and then control external forces. So where we see this in strength training, like take a squat, for example, so a, a back squat for argument's sake, um, our ability to control that weight and keep our body within a predefined sort of patterning, um, our ability to do that effectively then transfers into this idea of being able to resist force. Because if we can hold a body position throughout an entire range of motion under load, we then have a greater ability to control our body through more dynamic and um, kind of explosive or athletic movement patterns. So sprinting, jumping, throwing, um, cutting, change of direction, catching, all of these different elements that come up in multiple sports all of the time. We have a better ability to control the forces involved with that whilst maintaining our body position. Think of an athlete, uh, and I'm sure we've probably seen examples of this where they mess something up. Um, and a large part of that sometimes is, especially when we're moving quickly, there's high forces involved, is there an inability to control themselves from a central point outwards. So if we can't control our sort of center of mass, if we can't effectively maintain a position when we're trying to then resist or apply forces, we kind of we're leaking energy essentially. We're leaking energy from our from our kind of our core, and then we have an inability to effectively transfer and use those forces that are involved. Um, think of this in a running context, for example. Every time we impact the floor, so every step we take, especially as we start to run faster, we are having to resist forces, resist forces that are acting on our body. So essentially, the floor. Every time our foot hits the floor, we're having to resist force from that um, that impact. So if we can't effectively resist and control those forces we then can't effectively push off of the floor into our next step and so we have a very inefficient running style or running pattern where we're losing loads of energy in that impact that we're not effectively controlling and using then to go into our next move if we then take that up to like sprinting for example if we don't have effective ability to control uh, or resist and then reapply forces very quickly in a millisecond or less even so like a hundredth of a millisecond that we might be on the floor for um, we have no ability to effectively transfer those forces we now have no ability to effectively use those forces to 
benefit us in, in a sense of keeping our speed and so we'll slow down or we'll move very slowly in a relative sense. So we have these two elements, so ability to produce force, ability to resist force that can both be trained very effectively through strength training or resistance training as athletes who aren't really involved with strength training as a sport in itself. So I think this is the role that strength training should play for athletic performance um, and where it should fit into a programme is making our athletes able to effectively produce force, so concentrically produce force fast, so be powerful athletes, are able to produce lots of power in the sporting movements that they're trying. We train that not necessarily through those movements so much as we train that in the weight room a little bit more. We then have ability to resist force. So this is our ability then to control and resist external or internal forces that might be going on based on the movements we're doing in that sporting context. This is our ability to take an external force like a contact or take any kind of external force either from the ground when we're running, um, effectively absorb that force, control that force, resist it potentially, and then reapply into another action whereby we're then moving powerfully again. So these two interplay with each other in order to create athletic and powerful movements. And, and a really effective way to train both of these is by sort of heavy loaded or loaded strength resistance exercises. Last bit then before we finish up here is the idea of rehabilitation or injury prevention. And I think a basic, very basic kind of reductionist level, injury is just an inability of our body, our tissues, the structures in our body to handle forces. So when a ligament, for example, can't handle a certain force, it breaks. There's tears, there's sprains, there's potentially even complete ruptures um, of those, those kind of structures, our passive structures in our body. So our ligaments, tendons, bones, even potentially when we break bones. Um, all these different things, a lot of injuries come about purely as a, or not purely, but, but as, a, as a result of our body's inability to hold handle those forces. And so, as we've already looked at with strength training, our ability to handle forces can be largely influenced and improved through strength training. So, the role strength training plays in a rehabilitation or injury prevention um, position is acting as almost like a protective mechanism. So, it's a allowing our body to adapt and become really effective at handling external forces that are way, way above potentially the kind of forces we might be exhibiting in, in, in sport, or they're similar. And so what that allows us to do is build up this kind of protective mechanism, a, a kind of a barrier almost, or a buffer, a buffer zone in terms of our ability to handle forces so that when we come into those situations in sport where we're put under these incredible credible forces in, in positions that we might not be used to, our ability to handle those internal and external forces is improved and we have greater control. And then we have ability to then prevent sort of non-contact based injuries or even contact based injuries really in that, in that respect. So that's just another quick episode here to talk about why strength training is really important for athletic performance, specifically in sports that don't or aren't strength sports anything involved um involving any kind of sport that doesn't sit within a strength sport so the olympic weightlifting powerlifting those sorts of things where strength training is not the main element and it's an it's a supplementary part of the pro the wider program and the wider sporting ability so if you found this help episode helpful great and if you could leave a review um down below on whatever platform you might be listening to uh, that'd be really helpful and it all helps to grow the podcast further Okay guys, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. 
Check below for all the relevant links and notes from today's episode or search for us on social media at Apex Delta Coaching. Remember, if you're a recreational athlete or fitness enthusiast who wants to get stronger and run longer, then check out the free seven-day hybrid training blueprint we've put together by following the link down in the show notes or look for our Instagram. It's an ebook designed to help you put together the ultimate weekly training template to crush your hybrid training goals by getting stronger and running longer at the same time without any of the confusion or second guessing. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review or let us know personally. Any and all feedback is greatly appreciated and it helps to spread the podcast to more people. Thanks for listening, keep training and talk soon.